0: You're listening to the Todd Rod God Pod, a podcast hosted by Pastor Todd Redarmel and Drew Tilton, where we explore ideas of faith and what it means to have a sustainable spirituality. pastor bob uh, yeah. bob what's your last name
1: it's craig craig Bob yeah. craig yeah. So
0: pastor bob craig is he yeah with us? two
1: first names that's why he has to add pastor on the front yeah yeah, yeah. so it people understand <laughs> <his> <laughs> <or staying laughs> <with> his... <laughs> yeah actually three first names but i never use the middle yeah, one. yeah, yeah what's yeah, the yeah. Middle, middle one fitzgerald oh okay yeah, oh, nice. yeah that's yeah. a good
0: name we just yeah. call you Fitz. You kind Fitz. Of like don't it. see oh. that's
1: what my grandmother should call me. <laughs> that's what that was a nickname. Oh. That and uh, my grandmother called me Fitz, and my uh, aunt called me Red Rider. So well, I think everybody at
2: church probably <clears throat> thinks of you as like Moses. Because you always got your
1: big staff, and you, yeah. you sit on
2: the aisle in church, and then you raise your staff up as you're uh, yeah. parting the sea up there while you're worshiping, and it's yeah. it's a great thing. So well, good. I
1: promise you, it is needed. Back in two thousand my fifth and sixth vertebrae got my spinal cord in a vice grip oh my gosh. and came within a 66th of an inch of uh, of, uh, of severing it and so what they did when they remove the uh, vertebrates and they repaired my spinal cord there was an what they call an infarct. a part of my spinal cord is dead so like uh, it's like if an electrical current is going, Through an outlet and it's blocked, and so that's why sometimes I get this extreme spasticity in my right leg, which a kick out from under me. But I work out to make sure that it's minimized. But Mm. uh, so that staff is needed. It keeps me standing up.
0: (laughs) Well, that's good. But you
2: you wear it well. You know, you you come with authority.
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Bob, how did you become known as Pastor Bob?
1: Well. In my days as a church planner, I was always uh, referred to as uh, Dr. Craig. Uh-huh. Okay, I used to tell people, "Well, just call me, just call me Bob." Just call. In my country, they wouldn't do it. They said, "I'm not going to call you Bob." <laughs> So I said, "Okay, well, what do you think?" He said, "How about uh, just Pastor Bob?" I said, "Okay, fine. Call me Pastor Bob. Yeah. <laughs> but just don't call me Doctor yeah. Craig anymore."
0: What I love about that title for you <clears throat> is that uh, it very much still fits you as your calling, even though maybe you're not working at a church per se, like it's part of our calling, you know, pastors are mm-hmm. calling, and it's not something that you just get paid to do. It's something that no. God has put on our lives to right. uh, to care for and shepherd people and so yeah. Right. And it,
2: and it's cool because you do that not only with people in the church and your small group and things like that, but you, you've been like a pastor to me and <laughs> ministered to me at yes, times where yes. I know I'm your pastor, mm-hmm. but like you're also a yeah. pastor to me. And it, it, mm-hmm. it's it been a really great encouragement yeah. to have somebody like yeah. you in the congregation that's yeah. been there and done a lot yeah. of stuff and yeah. got the T-shirt. and <laughs> <laughs>
1: Got the T-shirt, been there. Yeah. Well, I, I see the heart of God in you for people mm-hmm. and... uh and and that's that's the starting point that's the debarkation point if you got the heart of god then you can work around all other things you know and you can help uh others on that journey
0: well thanks so much for joining us and uh what are we talking about today todd
2: yeah so you know we've been in this series on the way of jesus and Mm -hmm. practicing the way of Mm -hmm. jesus the way of staying connected to the father and Mm -hmm. letting the life of god flow through us Mm -hmm. um you know like jesus said if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And that this idea of staying connected with God, abiding in mm-hmm. him and bearing fruit out of that. So we've talked about different practices with that. And this week we're gonna be talking about spiritual warfare. And mm-hmm. I have asked Pastor Bob to come and bring the message on it. He's reminded me at times in my life mm-hmm. when I've started praying from a place of like desperation or worry or begging.
1: Mm-hmm. And yes. there, was a, there was a
2: season where I was so worried about, you know, my kids and things that concern me that I'm, I'm praying and just as a beggar more than as a son, Mm -hmm. yes, seated at the right hand of the Mm -hmm. father in heavenly Mm
0: -hmm. places where Mm -hmm. the
2: Bible says that I am seated.
0: But what would you guys say, how would you define spiritual warfare for maybe somebody who hasn't really heard of it?
1: Spiritual warfare is a state of existence Mm. for the Christian, for the sons and daughters of Yahweh. It is not a prescribed course that you get into. It is a state of mind. Hmm. It is a continuing acknowledgement and awareness of who you are and whose you are. Who you are is a son of God or daughter of God, seated, at the right hand of your big brother, mm. Yeshua Mashiach, Christ Jesus. Mm. What you are engaged in is a ongoing cosmic battle between good and evil, between God and Satan. Mm. And the greatest, greatest achievement by Satan throughout history is that he has been able to convince people that he doesn't exist. And if you believe that, and if you buy into that, then you literally become a punching bag or a pincushion, as I say sometimes, for the enemy. So that constant awareness, that 24-7 awareness, is what you need to literally uh, ascertain to achieve, because if you don't, you let your guard down one second, and while wow, the crack is open to your armor, and the enemy comes in, mm. and brings about all types of havoc and and uh, dire situations, and that's the key. You can't you can't let that armor down, and the enemy doesn't tire. The enemy is on attack 24/7. Right, it's a
2: spiritual being. We, we're we human beings, right. and we have a spiritual part to us, but we're flesh and blood human beings. And like, yes. Jesus didn't say the flesh is evil, but he said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is the weak. The flesh
1: is weak, absolutely.
2: And it's our flesh that makes us tired. That's like, right. We get tired because we wear out. Yeah, we get weary. We're human beings. That's we right. We got bodies, and we That's get right. tired. Yeah. But he doesn't have a body, so he yeah. doesn't get tired. <laughs> no, doesn't sleep no, no, Or eat did. or do anything else. No. No. He doesn't have anything no. to do except ruin no. your life. And no. And for me... When I hear you saying that about this constant state of awareness, mm-hmm. I hear that it's like waking up to the reality mm-hmm. of how this the world works and mm-hmm. the unseen reality that's mm-hmm. going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And for me, that came about through this verse, John 10, 10, that says mm-hmm. the thief comes to steal and kill, kill and destroy, Absolutely. but I have come that they may have life mm-hmm. and have it to the full. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think I spent a lot of my life mm-hmm. not realizing mm-hmm. that there was a, a thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I may have believed in, mm-hmm. you know, there's mm-hmm. a devil or whatever mm-hmm. from the Bible, but to think that he was actually mm-hmm. out to get me, I kind of seem like, well,
1: he's got better things to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Uh, and, yeah. Well,
0: th- so, when you guys say, you guys say the enemy or the thief or the devil, that's all the same being, right? It's the
1: same. Lucifer, uh, uh, Diablo. Uh,
0: Why is this guy out to get us?
1: Because his whole realm now is a realm of defeat mm. since calvary he is a defeated wounded animal mm. and his entire goal is in, in, in he lives to destroy everything that god has created mm. to everything and to pervert everything good that god has created and so when you when you you think about satan You don't think about this little cute little uh, red horns and tail and all these depictions that they give him. You think about this, this malevolent being that once was the head cherubim, the choir master of heaven, who was adorned in royal diadems and decided that he wanted to take and ascend to the throne of God and now he has fallen to 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 earth and the scriptures say woe unto man for for the the devil has fallen to earth with great wrath and great anger why because he can no longer go and come into the presence of yahweh into the holy of holies where you and i as christians are automatically seated but we don't even realize that so that's why he's angry and he he operates Just like a fine-tuned military unit, Mm. he has hierarchies of uh, demons, nation demons, global demons, uh, territorial demons.
0: There's that verse in like, uh, I think it's in Daniel where, you know, the angel was telling him, like, hey, I was coming to see you, but I got held up, you know, because I was, I don't know, he was like... Like The
2: Prince of Persia. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like... Well, and that's what, like, when the New Testament talks about principalities and mm-hmm. powers mm-hmm. and the forces of wickedness in the heavenly mm-hmm. realms, that's there, right. there are spiritual wickedness and different types of them that that's are right. principalities or powers that mm-hmm. are over
1: areas or things
2: or ideas. Like- or
1: families, generations. Yeah. That's, right. that's where generational curses come, huh. because you have demons that are assigned to families. And they have been assigned to those families for generations.
0: Well, so before we get too far into this, I would imagine some of our listeners might feel a little skeptical. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always people that they have this like sense of, okay, you know, maybe there's a devil, but is it like that? You know, and people also associate demons with what they mm-hmm. see in the movies, you know? So it's either that red horned guy <laughs> or it's, or it's like this, you know, culture guy store, the mm-hmm. exorcist, you know, where it's like, Oh, this is something that's going to possess you mm-hmm. and take mm-hmm. you over. And mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, it's just, it's becomes this horror movie versus, you know, like which, Maybe there's situations like I could think of one in the in the Bible that sounds kind of like a horror movie was you know the man that was in the graveyard and cut yes, himself with stones and there. stuff but but other than that it didn't really seem too much like those movies I don't know like Yeah on the day to day level it's not and I think that's why what pastor Bob was saying right. about
2: the devil convincing people that he doesn't exist, mm-hmm. mu- it's much more subtle than that. Right. If right. you could see what was really going on behind the scenes, like you'd be more aware of it, but mm-hmm. you can't, and that's
1: why it's subtle. And you'd be terrified. Totally, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and that's why the things like when it says in Ephesians, don't let the sun go down on your anger mm-hmm. and don't give the devil a, a foothold. Absolutely. Like When I think about demons, I try to get away from even just using the term just because it, 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 it brings up in people's minds something else. Mm-hmm but like anger is a reality. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. You can't see it. You can't touch it. It is a, it's a, a reality in the non-physical realm, like that there is a, there's such a thing as anger. And we experience it as emotion or as a feeling in our body, but it's a non-physical reality. And I think that's much the way the spiritual world works, at least on the ground level, is that there are things, like if you hold on to anger, there could be a way that it can create this spirit of anger that you have in you. And whether it's that your anger invites an opportunity for the enemy to get a foothold and stand in your life and latch on. I don't think so much possess as like attack, infest. I think it's more like parasites. That's how I tend to, to see this issue is we give openings to things by holding
0: right. on to it. And, right. and then we... But we have the authority to get rid of it. Right. And I think you've said to me before, Todd, that really the translation is better said that they possess the demon, the demon doesn't possess them.
2: Yeah, I think it's a bad translation in most of the New Testament. And I'd love to hear your perspective on this, Pastor Bob. But uh, there's a lot of translations that say that there was a demon-possessed man. But the word is, you know, demonized. But because we don't really have that word, demonized, we don't really know what to do with it. So we say demon-possessed. But it's not that the demon possesses the person. It's the person has a demon, not that the demon has the person because the person actually has authority to get rid of it if the person would wake up to what's going on and right. deal with it.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a number of uh, examples in the scriptures where Jesus has commanded a demon to come out of a person, Right. both from a generational side and also from an individual side. Like the demoniac in Gadara, mm-hmm. for example, when Jesus approached the demoniac, when the term demoniac simply means that he is he is possessed by demons. Okay, when when he approached the demoniac, and basically the demoniac started screaming, "What have you to do with me, Jesus?" He was not. This was not the individual's voice that. Was speaking right. that was possessed. This was the demons that were, possess- mm. were that were speaking to him. And when Jesus said, "Come out of him," it wasn't a passive come out of him. Jesus had literally leaned over, grabbed him by the hand, touched his body, and basically spoke directly into the power in the realm of uh, the spirit uh, uh, circumstances and spoke right at the core of that demon and said, come out of him. Hmm. And in this case, it was like 5,000 of them.
2: Right, And
1: yeah. then they came out of him, and we get the story. The, the demons, uh, they begged him not to banish them from the area, so they came out. They went into a herd of swine, and what happened? The swine away. ran over the cliff and drowned. That's one example. The other example is. And for,
2: incidentally, I just say about that place. Mm-hmm. I went to that place uh-huh. when I was in Israel. I did too. I did too. And they have like this. Literally, there's like this energy bench mm-hmm. that's right nearby yeah. in that area. Like somebody oh, said, oh, this yeah. is an energy bench. It's kind of a new agey thing. Uh, yeah, it's I'm like, like dude, dude, you don't want to be in that you don't area want to sit on that energy is that no. like, yeah. whatever came out of that guy. <laughs> whatever well, that
1: kind of energy that was, was there. But then there was the dumb who basically couldn't speak. And this is another attack from the spiritual realm because they desire with everything they, that they have, with all the power they have, to get rid of communication. Hmm. Communication and understanding is from God. If we can communicate, we can air our differences, we can come to an agreement, and we can walk in unison with one another. If we can't communicate, we're always confused and always at each other's throat. So uh, Todd was talking about anger, okay? and, And anger is a good example of a crack in the armor that you allow the enemy to come through and basically uh, wreak havoc in your life. Anger and unforgiveness. The Lord says, get angry, but sin not. There is a righteous anger, but then there is a anger that lends itself to demonic activity. And that's the one you don't wanna get into.
0: How would you make that distinction, Pastor Bob? Like what would be the difference between those two angers?
1: Well, for example, I see uh, a child being abused Mm. And I get angry. Yeah. That is a righteous anger. Right. Okay. You should get angry. You're you should get angry. Move,
2: it's a it's gift from God to yeah. move you to That's
0: action. That's right. To do move you to action. Right, okay? right. To move you towards doing something doing righteous. Doing something about it.
1: Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. And doing something in alignment with the Word of God. Right, right. And again, let's, let's keep that focus. I can get angry at my wife for screaming at me. And I can <laughs> bark back at her, why did you scream at me? Well, that's not a righteous anger. Right, right. <laughs> that's a reactionary response. Mm. Okay. So when we look at, at at spiritual warfare, that's why I always say to you that the main debarkation point or vantage point is to understand where you're at mm. in the hierarchy of the spiritual realm. Right. And who you and whose you are. Mm. Because if you don't understand that. If you don't understand that you're the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, then you'll be walked on as if you're the bottom by the enemy. And he is truly the enemy of your soul. He is trying to destroy your soul. Mm. Your soul is eternal. Mm -hmm. And it will reside either with the Father or with uh, Beelzebub one day. Mm -hmm. But it is eternal. And this warfare is for ground. Satan is trying to take ground from yahweh from the creator Mm -hmm. and he understands he's losing
2: which is why especially he's gonna attack like it says in you know revelation 12 Mm -hmm. when he when it tells kind of the kind of gives this picture of Mm -hmm. what that looks like from a bird's eye view of when you know jesus comes and Mm -hmm. god protects him and then Mm -hmm. and then satan can't get him so he goes after all the rest of his absolutely children and All the people that follow him
0: that's the the dragon yeah the like dragon. a dragon tries to you know that image up the, comes
2: up from yeah, like the yeah. beginning of the bible it starts mm-hmm. as like a serpent mm-hmm. but by the end it's like this dragon, dragon and yes. you know it's just kind of a yes. the the way that the understanding of of the the enemy evolves over the course of the scripture and he's like a dragon seeking mm-hmm. somebody to devour or like Absolutely. peter says a lion looking for that's somebody right. to devour that's right and what peter says is like stand guard and resist him that's like right. don't Take it lying down.
1: That's right. Resist the devil, and he will mm. flee from you. Mm. How do you resist the devil? Dallas Willard, and that was something I, 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 I. He was one of my, one of my favorite mentors when I was studying in seminary, mm. and um, he wrote the Divine Conspiracy. Mm. Okay. And in the Divine Conspiracy, he literally lays out the case against orthodox religion of all of our procedures and processes and let's do this and let's do that and let's try this and let's let's count to 10 and then take two steps and and let's get this methodology down packed etc etc hmm. and he's basically saying all of this is for naught hmm. it's a waste of time it is man leaning into into humanism again Hmm. and man trying to basically solve a problem that he is incapable of solving,
0: Hmm.
1: a problem that's already been solved by Yahweh and has already been adjudicated by Yahweh. Hmm. When you look at uh, uh, all these these new wave fandangle things that's going on right now, There's a church out in uh, Southern California, they're now into Transcendentalism, meditation, and basically this is how you get into this mystic realm and get in touch with the spirit realm. And this is the way you will get to know who the Father is, who the Creator God is. Right. Right. There's other ones that
0: uh, Transcendentalism, Pastor Bob is like. What does that mean? Sorry, I I'm not sure what that means.
1: Transcendentalism is like you 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 get into a state. It's like a trance or something. It's oh. like a trance. You you okay. you you induce a trance upon yourself. Oh. Okay, with different mid eastern or far eastern chants, or or statements. And this state of transcendentalism is supposed to take you up to the spiritual realm oh, wow. where you can now truly be in contact with the huh. creator or creation, as they say, okay? <laughs> Which, I mean, and, and I don't want to get deep into it. No, 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 but it's, it, it, it would it's,
0: almost be like replacing what you said, like replacing what Jesus has done for us. Because what Jesus has already done our, for Yeah, he's our bridge to God. Right,
1: I love that. You know? And see, that's what that's what that's what Dallas Willard is saying. He he went down a, a number of them, but and all of these things, people are saying, okay, you got to do this, you got to follow, you got to follow this ritual, that ritual. When God has given you His masterpiece, <laughs> when Philip said to Yeshua, Yeshua, show us the Father.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Philip, have I been with you so long and you do not know me? The perfect masterpiece of Yahweh he sent, the perfect example of his love to show us who he is, what he is about, and what he expects from us, was exemplified and magnified in Yeshua HaMashiach. Mm. And Jesus is all we need. Mm. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny it's because we, we we're always seemingly searching for the way to feel closer to God and all those things, and it's like I don't know. I, I I even find like not that I'm necessarily doing it intentionally, but I'm trying to find ways to like God. I just I feel far away, or I feel sh- shameful, so I feel like I can't come to you, or all these things. When when He's like, "Yeah, but I came to you,"
1: hmm. you know, I you don't, yeah, you and know? that's exactly it. Yeah, you see there's two main uh, points that Dallas Willard hit in uh, The uh, Divine Conspiracy. And he basically said that when you look at the key factors of, first of all, knowing who I am, Yeshua HaMashiach, knowing who He is, mm-hmm. and also doing what I do. Mm. In other words, obeying what i've told you to do Mm -hmm. so what did he tell us to do Mm -hmm. he told us to as i've seen the father do that is what i do Mm -hmm. and if you are going to be one with me and one with the father and one with the holy spirit then you do what you see me do Mm -hmm. nothing else yeah don't go searching for other piles of minutiae to put on top of that <laughs> yeah, right. nothing else and if you can't if you can't accept who jesus christ is then you got a problem well mm-hmm. and even commandment
2: wise like jesus told us he says a new commandment i give you mm-hmm. love one another as Absolutely. i have loved you yeah it wasn't new to say love one another no it? like you said that before yeah. but but as i've loved you yeah. you love one another like His whole ethic, his one command, Mm -hmm. he took the whole, you know, before he said basically the whole Old Testament is summed up in two commands, commands. love God and love your neighbor. But then he translates that and he's like, okay, the new covenant Mm -hmm. is like, as I've loved you, so love one another. So as you've experienced my love, the way that I've loved Mm -hmm. you, that's how you love each other. And that's how my love is perfected in you. And everybody will know that you're Mm -hmm. my disciples by the way you love each other. That's right. And so everything about spiritual warfare or everything about, Any commands in the New Testament Mm -hmm. are all just an outworking of that Of that love, absolutely.
1: And if you don't understand what that is truly saying, then you're missing the boat. Mm. Because what it is saying in that if you are going to love like I have loved, then you have to do or become, as I prayed the Father you would would become, and you can because I prayed it, Father, I pray that they will become one as we are one Right. with us.
0: That we would somehow have that kind of relationship that Jesus and the Father have, that he, he prays that we would have that same kind of oneness. That... And
1: not somehow, that yeah. we would have it. We have to have it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. We have to have that. Hmm. And the only way we can have that is through intentionality. Mm-hmm. Constantly going before the throne of Yahweh, going into the third heaven, as Paul has many times said, going before that throne, seeing ourselves, seeing our big brother, Yeshua HaMashiach, seated at the right hand of power of mm-hmm. Father God, of Abba, and seeing ourselves seated right there next to Him. That has to be a constant state of mind.
0: It's so funny because it's, it's always... The simplest things that seem to be the hardest things, yes. right? You know, we look at these things and you see humans do it all over. We're constantly searching for the next answer. And we're like, it can't be that simple. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't accept that Jesus yes. would just allow us free grace. Yes. And
1: know? we're trying to complicate it. Right. And I, I I see all of these new wave, and they're not new. They're all old wave. All of these recycled things. Recycled again. It's recycled. And see, this is where we deal with that uh, spiritual hierarchy of evil. What it is, when you, when you play with these things, then you open the door and you invite evil in. Mm. When you start playing with pentagrams and things that are imposed upon pentagrams, I don't care how cute you try to make it, all of these crazy things are trying to usurp the perfect gift that Yahweh has given mm. us. It can't be added to. It can't be subtracted from. Mm -hmm. It is complete in its totality. Mm -hmm. And it's the love of God expressed by giving us the rose of Sharon, his, his rose, to all mankind who laid his life down Exemplifying that love of Yahweh.
0: As you're talking, I'm just thinking that it's like the, it's the original sin, right? That they would try to be like God, you know, and we're constantly trying to do it ourselves. Yes. Like well, we're, it's trying to be like yeah. God
2: by taking it rather than by receiving it. That's as it. Mm. Yeah, Because God wants you to be like He, he created you, yes. you to be just like right. him. Just like right. it. He made us in his image that's and That's exactly
1: what it says. And, <laughs> but, that, and, and, and it's okay because that's what we're supposed to be. We're right. supposed to exemplify our father. Right. Father God is exactly who we're supposed to replicate, his characteristics, his love. When people say to me that they are Christians and they love Jesus or they love God out of one breath and then out of the next breath can be so demeaning Mm. to a image bearer of Yahweh. Mm. Okay, this is an image bearer. And well, the, and love God it's is it's the love of God is not
2: The love of God is not in That's what 1 John right. says. John right. says in his letter.
1: That's right. You,
2: you, can't, you can't say you love God and you hate your brother. That's right. And to qualify, oh, well, who's my brother? It's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, well. I'm missing the point. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing they tried with Jesus. Well, who's my neighbor? It's right. right. like, well, I don't know. Who was the neighbor to the guy that got that's beat right. up and left for dead? Who's the person
0: that you hate the most?
1: <laughs> there you go. And you hope that you don't hate because... If you have hate in you, then you're not of God. And if hate is there, then you need to evict that sucker ASAP.
0: You know, we all go through, and none of us are perfect, and we come across these times where we notice that, you know, maybe we feel hate. What do we do in those moments when we notice, I mean, maybe, would you guys call that spiritual attack? Like, That's spiritual attack. Yeah, so what
1: what do I do? Well, you basically uh, take that stance. You stand, and then you go into battle. And do you go into battle... By, first of all, appropriating what God has given you. Hmm. Jesus said, as I have done, so you will do also and greater things. Hmm. Okay, But you can't do that unless you're in the right place. And what is the right place for you to be?
0: Right, what you were talking about earlier, seated at the right hand of my yeah. brother Jesus yes. who makes me a son of God. Or that oneness,
1: one with the Father, one with the Son, mm. and one with the Holy Spirit. Well, and that's the whole thing we mean when we talk about the way
2: of Jesus, Absolutely. right? Because Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father. That's right. I'm, that's right. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's right. So we should do the same thing. I only do what I see Jesus That's doing. Right. If You see me, you've seen Jesus. That's, That's right. what the Apostle Paul said, right? right in Galatians. Right. He says, "I've That's been crucified right. with Christ. It's That's no right. longer I who live, but Christ lives right. in me." That's right. So this life I live now in the flesh, I mm-hmm. live by faith in the Son of God who mm-hmm. loves me and gave Himself up for me. Mm-hmm. So my whole life is I'm, I'm Jesus here That's right,
1: on earth for you. And 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 another uh, uh, piece here where Jesus said, "I am the vine; you are the branches." Apart from me, you can do nothing. Right. He didn't say maybe or possibly. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Therefore, stay in the vine.
0: Right. And you you see it in the analogy, right? If we ever hold a branch in our hands, Mm -hmm. it's not like that branch can all of a sudden just start growing by itself and growing out
1: fruit. It just can't do do it. It is so simple that a fool cannot err and a child can understand right. But yet when we grow up and we become more than toddlers you know a little toddler they come to you uh, trustingly willingly mm. they receive everything you give them trustingly they they take it and they love on you they don't on you as Todd was given that example I love that picture by the way mm. great example if indeed we are going to be in the father we have to do it as a little child. Mm-hmm. And we cannot do it with all of this overtime thinking about meism. What about me? What about what what if what if I do this? What if I do that? It's not about you. Mm-hmm. It has already been done. What you have to do is align yourself with the, with the heavenly plan that's already been laid out. Mm-hmm. Come in alignment with that plan. And once you come into alignment with that plan, then you are a part of the Trinity. Then you're truly in that oneness state of God. Right. And when
0: you say alignment, does that have more to do with, like, my belief? It's like, do I—my
1: I, beliefs are aligned or, like— but When I say alignment, yeah. what I'm saying is that you have to be aligned with the Word— If you're not in alignment with the Word, then you're out of alignment. It's real simple. Right. No magic. The Word being the Word of God. The Word of God, yes. You know what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. Are you in alignment with what Jesus said? Mm. Are your steps, are your actions in alignment with what He taught us? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like walking in step with the Spirit.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it flows into your life, but it, it mostly starts and gets derailed in your mind. Absolutely. Which is, That's, I think, the, the key great thing. battlefield. Right. The battle that, uh, happens in mm-hmm. your mind because, yes. like, even as you were saying earlier, you know, sometimes if we, we have anger or we have thoughts or we have shame or we have fear, like, those are natural things that come up, but they're also, when we hold on to them they become like a, a window a crack like as yes. you were saying or yes. a, a, an opening a foothold a place right. to stand that could possibly give you know our enemy access to our mind and so one of the things i had to realize and that i think has been the most helpful is that every thought that comes into my mind might not be my thought
1: Absolutely. You know, Uh, it might be a suggestion. I can
2: guarantee you every thought is not your thought. It's definitely (laughs) not, right? So there's suggestions that come into our mind. And so the ability to notice your thought and go, no, I don't agree with that. Or right. yes, I do agree with that. That's why Pastor Bob, if those guys haven't figured out who he is yet, he's the guy that always says, "Amen, preach, brother. <laughs> say that, say that." And it's because, like, when you agree with something, that's right. Right. It, it it gives it power in your life. That's right. And that's and what "Amen"
1: right. means. Right? That's what "Amen" that's
2: means. Right. It means I, I agree. I agree.
1: Well, it he, means more than agree. It means it is in stone. What you've said is in stone. When Jesus said "Amen" and "Amen," it it's in stone. Right. It means. You've just spoke the truth. Yeah, it was one of his most common phrases was, Amen, Amen, mm-hmm. Lego right.
0: Humin. Uh, uh Truly, truly, I
1: say truly, to you. Truly, right. truly,
0: right. truly. It's mm-hmm. like,
2: this is solid this truth. Is solid. <laughs> right.
0: You guys right. kind of touched on it in a couple ways, but what are the enemy's main tactics? Because you mentioned, like, suggestion. You mentioned, like, kind of stoking mm-hmm. our, our regular mm-hmm. emotions, like our anger and things, mm-hmm. and, and trying to get them into
1: hate. The main tactic is to get you outside of the realm and will of god Hmm. very simple the main tactic is to get you outside of the realm and will of god the realm is heaven we pray our father who art in heaven you know hallowed be thy name Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and we say realm
2: that's another name for kingdom that's another realm for kingdom
1: we are kingdom people we are kings and queens royal priesthood of the kingdom of of heaven, no longer relegated to this earth but to the kingdom of heaven. We are ambassadors. And as an ambassador, I am to represent him who sent me. Ambassadors are sent, Mm. okay? Just like apostles or pastors, they're sent. They're the called ones. Well, who sent you? If someone sent you, that is the person who you represent. Mm -hmm. That's the image you bear. When Caesar had emissaries, they had his signet ring, so that when he showed up in a province, the signet ring of Caesar was there. There was no guess about who that emissary was representing. Right. Caesar sent me. Here, I've there got his go. ring. Or, That's yeah. right. Okay, I have his signet. The same thing with Christians, with children of God, hmm. with kingdom people. We are emissaries of the kingdom, hmm. ambassadors. And so, what's the ring? Love? Jesus the ring said, they'll know you're my disciples. Ah, they'll ah, the way you love. That's right. Each exactly. Other. Yeah. The signet ring is the love, the agape type of love, not the filio. What are, what are the differences between those? Well, you've got all types of different loves. And these are all Greek words for these love. These are all Greek words. Yeah. But it's not agape love. Paul says, a man would lay down his life for a good man, mm. but not for an evil man. Agape love lays down his life for even the evil
0: man. Right. Yeah. While I was still sinner, while
1: we were yet backbiters and yeah. haters of God, he died for us.
2: And that's why the command is love as I've loved you. That's right. Forgive as I've
1: forgiven that's right. you. That's All right. Because right. there's no loophole in that. That's right. There's no. Now loop- that's not a pass. Because what we, did we see Jesus doing when they brought the lady who was caught in the very quote act of adultery? I've always given that a lot of thought. I think the guy who was involved set her up. But yeah. anyway, when they <laughs> very when well could be. caught in the very act of adultery, they brought her to him, and after he scribbled on the ground, which I believe he was scribbling the Mosaic law in front uh. of him, he basically stood up and said, Go, uh, ye who have not sinned, cast the first throne. But then he said to her, Daughter, where is your accusers? And he didn't say, Oh, well, just go ahead, go about your way. What did he say to her? Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more.
0: So the reason that Jesus gives us this opportunity to have, you know, while we were still sinners, He sent His Son, is so that we can we can be
1: different as we move forward, right? Absolutely. And we exemplify, Son, we have to mimic. We have to become master cosmic mimickers of the greatest cosmic event that ever happened in the existence of humankind, mm-hmm. and that's Yeshua HaMashiach. Christ Jesus, and once we understand that, then you are prepared to engage in spiritual warfare. And
2: so that battle, I think, a lot of it happens in our mind because his main tactic is lies. Like right. I think he just lies. He, he is the, Jesus father of him lies. the father of lies, that's right. right? And he's been lying from the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning. And so, Pastor Bob, when you were talking about truth mm-hmm. and agreeing with the Scripture, it's that's why that's such a big deal. Right. Because what the enemy wants to do is to twist the truth into something else like in the garden Mm. did god really say you can't eat from any Mm. of the trees in the garden well Mm. no he didn't say that doubt see so Mm. he he put he plants that seed Mm. of doubt and Mm. then Mm. he brings his lie Mm. you know oh god knows he's trying to hold Mm. out on you and Mm. when you eat of it he knows you're going to be like him and you're going to know good you know so He brings in that lie, and once you've agreed with it, and that's where agreement Mm -hmm. comes in, and you're like, "Yeah, Amen to that." You know, it's Mm -hmm. like you're agreeing with it, whether Mm -hmm. you say Amen or not. When you're like, "Yeah," Mm -hmm. you start to own that thought as if it were your own. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, he's got you hooked. That's right. Which is why Jesus does the exact opposite in the desert. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's not just in a in a garden Mm -hmm. with all this fruit around him, and he's been told to eat everything. Yeah
1: hungry for 40 <laughs> Starving, days 40, and, and you and, believe me you get hungry after 40 days and, yeah, no, and the <laughs>
2: enemy comes and says you know turn these stones into bread and he mm-hmm. doesn't even bother with like kind of getting baited into the argument he's like no i don't man doesn't live by bread alone sure. but by every word that comes from the mouth of god mm-hmm. and it's like he, he he had set his mind on the truth mm-hmm. and instead of when the lie comes now you can replace it with truth mm-hmm. and combat it sure. whereas eve kind of tried to engage it and like you know, try it on a little bit. And she ended up owning it. Mm -hmm. And so that the difference of how those stories go is, I think, illustrative of
1: how much spiritual battle happens in the place of our thoughts. And the key is that you have to cast down every thought and imagination. You have to basically put that helmet on to guard your mind, to guard Mm -hmm. your head. Because if you don't cast those thoughts and imaginations down, Then it'll take hold and it'll take root.
0: There's that verse: "Take captive every thought." Take captive, yeah, and submit it to the will of God, or something along those lines. Well, it's
1: basically take uh, captive every thought and imagination that, and see that it truly be aligned with the will and the word of God. Right. If it's not aligned with the word of God, then guess what? It's not from God, is it? Right. Right. It's real simple. It's It's a good litmus test. Yeah. You just have to take the kiss approach. (laughs) <laughs> I used to say, just keep it simple, stupid. You know, just stay, 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 just keep it simple. You don't have to become an Einstein to follow Jesus. Totally. Yeah. You don't have to become a, a MIT laureate to accept the grace of God. Right. The love of God. Mm-hmm. You just go into it and fall into it. But until you do that, until you accept that grace, until you accept that love, until you become into that oneness mode, then you're not prepared for spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the series that I'm working on and the workshops that will follow is designed to do, to bring this particular body of Christ into that oneness mode with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. And once we are in that oneness mode, then teach each one of us how to engage in spiritual warfare. It's like you're
0: standing on this crumbly, dusty hill, mm. you know, and you're trying to fight a battle on that hill, and you don't yeah. have firm ground, you have so firm, you're just slipping absolutely. and falling. Good and it's analogy. Like, it's like climb to the top of the hill, uh-huh. find the flat ground where you belong, and then fight the battle.
2: One of the things that God has been, I think, teaching me the most recently is is just what does it mean to be to be one with God? You even said, like become part of the Trinity it's like wow like the Bible talks about the word glorification Mm -hmm. that those he foreknew he predestined Mm -hmm. those he predestined he called those he called he justified those he justified he glorified Mm -hmm. that that idea of giving us the glory that he had Mm -hmm. making us shine like him like making us with that glory and and entering into
1: that Mm -hmm. Uh, what's the key to getting into that I'm gonna keep it real simple because I am a great great student of Dallas Willard and the first thing I want to do is shatter all of the nonsense that we've allowed to just creep in to our walk with the Lord and basically keep it very simple. So many times I wish I could just do a Vulcan mind melt just to (laughs) (laughs) put my hands on a a group of folks and say, okay, here it is. Because it is simple. It is the vantage point you begin your day with Hmm. before your feet hit the ground in the morning out of the bed. The first mandate for your soul is to take a trip to the third heaven. Now, can you count them off for me, one, two,
2: three? Because what, what do we mean, third heaven?
1: Well, eighth? the atmosphere is right here. You know, right. the we're air right we're, breathing, we're air air, the, the breathing, the space around you us is the first heaven. the clouds heaven. and stuff. Above the atmosphere, yeah. up in the skies, the heavens. Up in, up in the outer atmosphere, that's the second heaven, okay? okay? And that third heaven is where the kingdom of Yahweh resides. Mm-hmm. Where the throne of Yahweh resides. So somewhere beyond space, we're talking. It's beyond and- space and time. Yeah, right. Okay, right. because remember, God is not subject to time. Mm-hmm. You know, He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's not subject to time. But as Paul said, I don't know whether it was here or was there. But I was caught up into the third heaven, and that's what I'm saying. You have to base it's your vantage point that you start from right. each and every day. You have to take that trip to the third heaven, and you have to do it multiple times throughout the day. And one of the things that I used to do with my congregants, I would say to them, "I want you to close your eyes now, and I want you to just look as hard as you can with your spiritual eyes, and see the the the, the throne of Yahweh." Just see that throne, and then once you get that picture in your mind, I want you also now to look and see our big brother, Yeshua Mashiach, Christ Jesus, seated at the right hand of Yahweh, Abba Father. And I want you to, to, to sense the incense, to smell the incense. Can you smell the incense there? Because I want you to make as real in your mind as possible, see yourself yourself. There in the Holy of Holies. Mm-hmm. And then once you can smell that incense, I want you to see that big proud grin on Abba's Father's face, who is so proud of you and is so filled with so much love for you. And he beckons you to come forward mm-hmm. and take your seat next to King Jesus. Can you see yourself there? And once you can see yourself there, then you're ready to start your day. Because you live your whole day from that spot. From that vantage point. Which
2: is why every time I ask you, how you doing? <laughs> you always tell me, what do you say?
1: Hey, I'm blessed and highly favored of my God. Mm.
2: And I love that because I always think oh, I'm doing all right. I'm busy. I'm struggling, but I'm always like living down here yeah. in the middle of yeah. my stuff. And you're always living yeah. up in, in hey. the place where you're blessed and highly favored of right. God. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you be if because you're sitting at the, the right head. hand of the throne? Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: not the tail. I'm the top. I'm not the bottom. I'm nowhere. I'm nowhere near on this plane. I'm up there. Well, and I love that mentality that you remind yeah. me of just yes. by your very
2: being yes. and the way you answer that question. Yes. And some people might see it as, oh, that's just a bunch of talk. It's not talk. It's like not that's, thought at all. That's what the that's what the reality. It is a that's state more real of than your current experience.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, and it's something that you're gonna have to come back to throughout your day. You know, all throughout
1: the day, because the enemy is gonna attack you. Right. Your guard is gonna be down. Sometimes you're gonna be tiptoeing through the tulips, and your mind's wondering. And all of a sudden, bam! Mm. The enemy attacks. Your first response is the warrior's response. You get into your position of attack, not retreat, you attack using the spiritual weapons that we have.